0: portions of rigs off the radio or powered by garglewithgravy.com succulent gravy just like granddad used to make garglewithgravy.com check it out for recipes and a surprising twist this podcast contains adult language listener discretion is advised all right, welcome to episode 17 of Rigs off the Radio. It's a radio.com podcast and I'm bringing on one of my uh, one of my one of my buddies from we'll call it our sister station. That's what you call it. When you have another radio station who's owned by the same company that's down the hall, you call him your sister station. That's, that's I don't know if that's a radio lingo thing or a something that everybody says, but Bart Winkler who does mornings on 1057 FM the fan here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, winks thinks on Twitter where he sets fires ablaze on social media. He also has uh is, he suffers from anxiety, which is an interesting thing I, having another radio host being open about his mental health, which I love, and he also takes medication for it. I have questions about that. I have questions about how how sports are being handled on Talk Radio and on ESPN. So let's bring him bring him on. He's he's already here actually, Bart Bart Winkler. How are you?
1: Uh sister station. Yeah, you guys are at Kiss FM and we're at 1057 FM. The fan people forget that we are sister stations, but but why uh, do we, we say do, we do share resources, yeah.
0: Why do we not say brother station or uh owned by the same company? Look, why sister?
1: Well, we shouldn't say brother or sister. We should say sibling station.
0: Exactly. I think and why do we have qualify to
1: qualify the gender? I would boycott the phrase, but I can't say boycott.
0: You can't say that. You can't do that, Bart. So um, I guess before we get to the personal stuff, I'm curious about how sports are going, because obviously, how long are we without sports now? How long has it been without sports? Are you keeping track?
1: It's like, uh, I think it's about 57 days.
0: (laughs) Which is crazy. Now, this is obviously, it may be a dumb question. This is the longest sports drought in history, correct?
1: Oh, uh, absolutely. In in these modern times. Uh Sometimes, like during the All-Star break for MLB, there's no... NFL, there's no NBA, NHL, or baseball.
0: Yeah, but and that's it's, one it's or it's two like days. Four days. If, yeah, okay, four days. And
1: we freak out then. Yeah. This has been 57 days. Uh, as I'm talking to you before I was starting this great conversation we're about to have, I was actually watching, they had it on overnight. South Korea's got baseball up and running again.
0: Do they really? No fans? Now, no fans?
1: Uh, umpires are wearing masks and a lot of coaches wear the mask but the players are tested and they're playing and so they aired it live at about 1 a.m this morning and i was just watching it because i taped it so i was watching it and they're going to replay it throughout the day on the espn channels and it's just good to have the background of a baseball game i'm so desperate for a live sport i mean we can watch the jordan documentary that's very popular we can watch the nfl draft but i just i need the sound of a live sport and getting that today, just a little bit of it, it actually did like it actually put me in a in a much better mood than I was in. I, I, I can't express how much of a better mood it put me in that I was watching sport, even if it was people I didn't know.
0: And it's also a live sport; it's not a replay of a game. You're not watching the ALCS divisional game six or whatever, where you know the outcome. That's I don't want to watch that. You can only watch so many classic sports games before you're like, all right, I know the outcome. I'm glad you replayed the Super Bowl, but what's next?
1: Yeah, it's fun to
0: reminisce some of
1: these old games. Like if you haven't seen them in a while, or now with this Jordan, Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN, if you want to say, Oh, I, I want to see more of that game, it's fun to go and kind of learn that way. But it's you flip the channels. Oh, here's a Bucks game from December. I don't, I can't do it. I need, even if it's the greatest game that's ever played. You don't watch it if there's a live sport on. Sports are starting to trickle back. Um, I say that cautiously because if there's somebody that tests positive, then are they going to scrap it all? But we're going to have NASCAR races coming up uh, in two weeks. He's got another fight this week. So their sports are trying to come back, but still no baseball. Football is going to try to be on schedule, but we don't know about that yet. And then baseball, basketball, uh, soccer, hockey, we're all waiting for those.
0: Uh, clear up a rumor, I read somewhere, this is on the internet, so that it may or may not be true, that it said that if the NBA cancels their season, the team with the best record would be crowned like a a, a winner by default. Is that true or no?
1: Uh, I haven't heard anything on that legitimately. It would be nice because the Bucks have the best record. Yeah. But it wouldn't be the same. You know, one of the things we talk to people about when we ask them, when do you think sports come back? I like to ask them if there's a different sort of way to determine the champion will the Bucks being the champion even if they just say all right Bucks and Lakers you guys are the best two records play seven games in 20 years do you look back and say they deserve the title or is there always an asterisk by it and I think there would be somewhat of an asterisk by it the NBA is about two weeks three weeks away from finishing their season so you could just jump into the playoffs and everybody would be on like the same schedule but and you had There's such a, so monument, a
0: such a and there was a huge year with Kobe and everything. I mean, Kobe happened in January. It was going to be an iconic season. I think it was going to be one of those you were going to see all the montages, and L.A. was going to make that big rally for Kobe. Yeah,
1: it, L.A. was a big storyline. Obviously, what was going on here with the Bucks in Milwaukee. I did talk to a guy today, uh, Craig Calcaterra. Craig Calcaterra, uh, he's with Hardball Talk, NBC Sports baseball writer. Cause he put out a Twitter thread yesterday, and I, I said, hey, I have to talk to you about this. It was regarding when sports come back and when fans come back. Cause it's going to happen before there's a vaccine. I mean, we're there was a nice weekend in Milwaukee and across the country, everyone had like nice weather, so we all decided coronavirus was over. And, right.
0: It's and <laughs> nice. Up must back. be out of pandemic. Cool. See ya.
1: It was everyone just agreed it was over. Everyone's agreed. You know what? It's too nice. Uh, I'm bored it's over and, 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 you know, people are dying. And what's crazy is at, at first we were like, is this our generation's nine 11 and on nine 11, 2000s, 3000 people died. Yeah. And we, we, we felt every one of those deaths yeah. and now you have 3000 people dying a day and it's quickly become a stat. And so I talked to this Craig guy and I said, and we were trying to justify it ourselves. Like when baseball comes back, we we're going to be excited about it but if these people get coronavirus because they're around other people that have it, if fans start going to the game, if an umpire gets it and then they go to the grocery store or they go here, people, people will, before there's a vaccine and fans start going to games again, people will die as a result of there being sports. Yeah. And that's tough for us to compartmentalize because we almost just, we're, we're, we're making ourselves ignore it because we want life to go back to normal. And the thing is, I was in an argument with a guy online today before I finally tapped out because I've had the argument 500 times. He goes, if you don't want to get it, there's risk if you go to the game. I said, well, if you go to the game and I could see you, then I could get it. He's like, well, what about a grocery store? I said, "Why do, The grocery store, first of all, is not safe. You have to be protecting yourself there. Right. I, I Like I went into Home Depot the other day. First time I left the house in five weeks, honestly. Yeah. I didn't go anywhere. We've been working from home. They're packed. Outside a Home Depot, everyone's in line, yeah. six feet apart. They understand the rules. And then when they get in there, they think they're wearing some cloak because there's guys all over me. <laughs> cloak. And it's like, what, what? why are we – we're just not – I don't know. The problem is you don't. You're
0: you're never going to get a hundred percent compliance with something like this. You never are. You're not going to get everybody, and you're gonna, always going to have people that are yelling at people that aren't following rules, and the people that aren't following the rules are yelling at the other people because they don't have their job or they can't do what they want to do. It's never gonna no. You're never going to get hundred percent compliance. So these these arguments that that we get with no offense, but they're futile, Bart. I feel like sometimes. I mean, you need to have your platform to say what you're going to say, but you can't change the things that you can't control. I'm getting sick of the arguing about it all, too, because okay. everybody's, everybody's an expert on things. Everybody knows and everybody thinks that, well, I read this article and I, I don't need to listen to doctors. I, I, I read an article on Facebook that said this. So it's, it's, that all sucks.
1: But well, my aunt, so my aunt shares this article that says the number of COVID deaths is wrong. This is a hot topic now. Uh-huh. She says it shouldn't be 67,000. It should be 35,000 or something. Why?
0: Oh, because these are the people that are saying that they're counting other deaths as COVID deaths yeah. when they're not really COVID deaths, right? I know. Like, I, come on now.
1: But okay, let's let's say let's say that let, let's say that something wrong is going on. Thirty five thousand people still died. Why are you trivializing that? Why exactly thirty five thousand mean nothing to you? You know, well, if one of these thirty five thousand was me, I hope she wouldn't be posting stuff like that. It's just the the way that we're trying to argue ourselves out of the virus. I, I just, I don't even know how I'm going to explain it to my son in 15 years. Yeah. Uh, history books are going to look back at this time about how, I mean, history books can look back at the flu, the Spanish flu.
0: Yeah. That was huge.
1: ignored it and the second wave hit them. And we're just like, Oh, whatever. That was 1918. Well, what's right. happening now.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, one thing that I do think, and I don't, I don't think this, I, I almost know this for a fact is after this, calms down, once this starts calming down, if it calms down, there's going to be a second pandemic. And that's going to be a mental health pandemic. I'm Because there's so many people right now that are dealing with their isolation and people that are dealing with anxiety and depression, people that weren't, people that didn't know that they had these underlying conditions, now are subject to being quarantined at home, they have all the fear from outside coming in, they have the uncertainty, maybe they're losing jobs. I think it's going to be the next pandemic is, is a mental health crisis on uh, on the rise yeah. because people don't know how to deal with it. But some people do know how to deal with it. You yourself have had a battle with anxiety. For how long have you dealt with it, Bart?
1: I would say I've dealt with it my adult life. And I finally did something about it. Although I, I'm not doing, I'm probably not doing as much as I should be. I, I am on Lexapro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my, my year long bottle started to run out. So then I was like rationing. Yeah. Because I, didn't, I didn't want to talk to the doctor, <laughs> but and so then I was, it was affecting me again. You could tell that you could tell on the, on the days that I didn't take it either. I'd be quicker to snap or, or whatever. So I am taking, uh, the pill. My okay. doctor said one of the people that, or he said, one of the things that you can also do is talk to someone and I know that you've been a big proponent of this and he goes, have yeah. you ever thought about talking to someone? I said, I recommend it to other people, but I can't get myself to do it. Now, this is like the closest thing I do to therapy is podcast and I guess my show. In this setting, I feel like if I was, if, the, if my therapist had a podcast yeah. and then we shared it, I wouldn't <laughs> mind that, but to just sit in someone's <laughs> office and talk, I don't like that.
0: Why? Do you do you? Is it your ego wanting to broadcast it out to people, hoping it'll get out to other people and they'll hear the message, or is it? Are you more comfortable in the setting of having a microphone and talking to an audience?
1: I'm much more comfortable in the setting of having a microphone because I feel like I feel like if I do it, if I do it on a microphone, or if I do it and it's published, it doesn't count. It's not really me. If I just go and talk to a Therapist, and there's no one to hear it but us two, it's too naked for me.
0: But that's the point so of therapy is to be vulnerable, though.
1: How I feel, it still doesn't feel as real to me.
0: I do, why do you feel like you're a different person? Bart Winkler on the radio and Bart, Bart Winkler is a pure person. Why, are they two, why, why do they have to be two different people? Because that statement makes it sound like it's two people.
1: Because when I have a microphone, I'm in control.
0: It's a control thing, right?
1: When I don't, there's been so many times in my life where, like, I feel I have to get out the story as quick as possible because people, even as a kid, I just feel like people weren't interested in what I had to say. And now with a microphone, I mean, I, I have a microphone. I, yeah. Like, I can't. I had a call center job once, which was the worst because you know these people. You have to do it their way, and you have to sell it this way. If I was broadcasting a call, if I could do my call center job over the air on the radio, I'd be a much better salesperson because I'd be performing okay, why don't to be a salesperson.
0: Why don't you go to a, set up a therapy appointment and record it and tell your therapist, I'm going to record this and put this on as a podcast. That would be an, actually a really good podcast. And I think it would be your call to do it because it's your session. So if you want to put it out there and air it out, then do it.
1: Maybe I will. I've also tried, uh, I've also started using my show as therapy.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> how, yeah. is that, how is that going over with your audience?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I don't care.
0: So but, your anxiety seems to be stemmed a lot off of control, things you can control and things you can't control.
1: Yeah. And I want to control. I, want that, I think I always tell this to my wife. When people tweet at me that I suck, it's not that they think I suck that bothers me. It's it's the way that they express how they think I suck.
0: Meaning that they're like, doing it and they're doing it behind a keyboard, not doing it to your face.
1: No. Um, let me think of an example. Like when people try to argue with me and they're just their arguments dumb, but they can't see that it's dumb, I get mad at them. When someone thinks they heard what I said, but I didn't say it that way, but they've already decided that's how I said it. Yeah. I think that's dumb. When somebody, when somebody tells me that I suck, but they do it in a way that it's funny. I like it. I, I don't mind it. But when someone tells me that I like, when they, when they really come at me for, or like someone keeps saying, Oh, his, his, uh, his wife's house. Or his wife has more hair on his her chest than than he does, and insinuating that I'm not a man or something. I just I don't yeah. get where that's coming from. It doesn't doesn't. It's not relative to me. It's a bad joke. It's not funny. So it why
0: do you then? Why do you why do you engage with it then?
1: Well, I've engaged with it before because sometimes when people say something to me, I can make a witty remark back, and then. It, you know, I look funny, right? Yeah. But then there's some there's some people that do because just this morning, I mean, how many people? You know, I lost my co host to layoffs. As you're familiar with, we all yeah. are in this business. And he went and quickly got a job at another station, and so he now is the hero, and I'm the villain, even though neither of us did anything wrong.
0: Who said that he was the hero and you're the villain? Did you say that?
1: This is how I am interpreting how the people that say we don't listen to you because of what you did. You you got him fired. You should be the one to go. You know, he, your, your show is so bad that, that he got fired because of you. I didn't do it. I didn't no. want him to go. I want to do a show with him tomorrow. But we can't. I, I, I don't have any control over that.
0: So right. you, Have you said that on your show? To your audience.
1: Show. I've been, I've been probably way too open about it on my show. Right. But I don't think you can ignore it. He was a part of our morning show for 10 years. Chuck Freeman, you know, he, he people, you know, you turn on the radio, you want to hear the same voice you always heard. That's why I yeah, it's just, so I it's it's hard. It's comforting. Yeah. In, in the business. And then when it's just me. It's like, well, where's the other guy? And I, I don't, I don't know why it needs to get personal. Every time like he'll post on his page. Oh, I'm so – yeah, it's such a good day at work. Good. Then it turns into, yeah, because you're away from Bart, that liberal idiot. <laughs> well, what is? Why am I in this? I didn't do anything. So it's just I, – I, I think that right now – you asked about sports. Yeah. I think I think that right now there are no sports. And so my audience is sports fans. And we complain about how the Brewers are playing. And we complain about what the Packers did. And we complain about – you know how the Bucks got screwed out of a call. And we have an outlet for that, that way to express ourselves. Right now with no sports, and there's major changes in sports radio, we're like the sports. Yeah. So instead of complaining about what move Craig Council made in the seventh inning to your friends, you complain about the changes that Entercom made as a radio station to your friends. Right. And so now I'm in this position that I never thought I'd be in, I mean, it is part of the job, I suppose, but it's it's heightened to a level that I was never expecting.
0: You're also in uncharted waters. Before, how long have you've never been in this situation in your career? I'm on. We're fortunate enough to be on a radio station that plays music, so I don't. We can still talk about the Kardashians or Joe Exotic or whatever's happening on Netflix or if Kim Kardashian does something, or we can talk about Justin Timberlake or the Trolls movie only, you know, going straight to home instead of the box office. We can talk about that kind of stuff. So. You having to step away, I think that creates do you feel, or do you feel like it makes you more vulnerable being yeah, I, now I you're there, having I, to.
1: I can talk about other things that aren't sports. I, I can talk about any of that and then you can equate it back to sports. It, it's, it's so weird because sometimes people say they want sports until they're not getting sports. And then when they're not getting sports, they want sports again. But then they don't like the sports topic we picked. People are never like, happy. <laughs> Yeah, um all last week we talked a lot about the Packers drafting a quarterback in the first round of the draft when they still have Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love, yeah. It's a huge story. It'd be a huge. it'd be the huge story even if the Bucs were in the playoffs and the Brewers were playing. Yeah. It'd be all we talked about. And now this week people are tired of hearing about it, but we, we don't have anything else really to talk about. And then if we talk about well, when are sports gonna come back, talking about when sports are comes gonna come back leads to, well, we gotta have masks, we gotta have testing, and then it like you say the word testing, and all of a sudden that's political. And you say, well, I heard Trump said this. Oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. You know, it's just you can't you can't do anything. So all I have to do is just talk about things that, that I think people will enjoy. And I do want to challenge a little bit. Uh, we had a guest on today, that Craig guy, where we challenged, had a heavier conversation than maybe is normal for sports radio. But then we also played a game where I took two people from the website Cameo and had two guys – guess who cost more? So we're going to do fun things, but I also, I want to take this time to, to dig a little deeper on some of this stuff.
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with digging deeper. And I think some of these people that are coming at you, you realize that these people still listen to you, right? Like even these people that say negative things towards you and these things, people that start these arguments with you and say stupid things and in your opinion are dumb arguments and why are they saying that? You think that their argument is stupid. They're still listening to you at the end of the day. So you know that you're winning, right?
1: Yeah, but it, it's it's ratcheted up to a point where, because I, the thing I have the thinnest skin about is when someone says I have thin skin. <laughs> I, <laughs> Irony. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think I do. Um, but there is, the it does get to a point. And with no sports and with changes to my show, and I've gone through radio shows before I took over for a long time duo on another station when I was in Fond du Lac and they were on the air for 10 years. And then I'm on there the next day and I wasn't supposed to talk about it with no explanation. And you know, that, that was hard at the beginning, but I think that it's, it's ratcheted up to a level of obsession with some people. And I, I, that's, that's too much for me. You can hate me and still listen. Yay. You're still listening. Like you can really, really hate me but it's it, it's it just seems like it's accelerated in these times where we're so divided and everybody's just like stuck and everybody is in their own head whether they like it or not and that's you know why I agree with what you said about mental health pandemic i mean yeah. we're all we're all we're all going through it um i think i was watching cbs sunday morning with my not grandfather henry winkler and he <laughs> he said one thing that calmed me was I'm going through all these emotions and I have gone through this and this and this and this. And then I realized, so has everybody else. Yeah. We, we're all, we're all feeling the same. Even if we're not talking to anybody, we've all experienced the same emotion, fear. We just, we don't know that because we haven't talked to each other
0: we're every, everybody's, I, I keep saying we're grieving our, we're, everybody's grieving the old way of how things were. We're grieving going out with friends at, at bars and sitting at, you know, having patio drinks. We're grieving having sporting events. We're grieving going to the shopping mall, whatever we want to, because as Americans, we're so entitled to our way of lives to be able to go, I want to do whatever I want today. I want to go buy an airline ticket and go to Sacramento, California tomorrow and go to a baseball game. And you can do that. In normal times, but we can't do that now. And that's everybody has to grieve that right now. And we have to stop yelling at people who are upset about it and being like, well, people are dying. You're not allowed to be upset. You can't get a haircut. You know what? You're allowed to be upset. You can't get a haircut. You're allowed to be upset that you can't go to a sports game. You know, everybody's allowed. Everybody's entitled to their feelings. And judging people for the way that they feel about things is not the way to go about it. People are going to have their opinions. They're going to have their feelings, but you can't control the way people feel. You can't control free will which is the greatest and worst thing about America.
1: <laughs> well, that was really, I'm, I, you captivated me there. I, I haven't heard it that way before, and I might steal that. Because we are grieving, and people do grieve different. And I think that the problem is, like when you get in an argument, it goes right to the, there's no build-up to arguments anymore.
0: No, it's just, it's immediate. It's an immediate argument. You don't, you don't think what I think. Well, you're, you're an asshole. Okay. Well, you, you suck. Well, you're, you're, yeah, you're a God. liberal. You're a, you're a Republican. You're a, you're a white, you're a clan member. You're a white nationalist. It, it immediately goes to that on either side with people. And it's not like, well, you know what, why don't we sit down and listen to one another and realize that like your your not grandpa said, everybody's, everybody is feeling the same thing right now. Every, no matter on what level, some people on more levels than, than most like healthcare workers are going to have an, an extremely high amount of PTSD. How much trauma a nurse that is in a COVID unit that's seeing eight patients a day and they're inches away from this virus and then they have to go home and not see their kids or their family and distance themselves from their lives at home and they're isolated at home and the trauma they see at work. I mean, those the healthcare workers, I'm worried for them in six months or a year or right now even because they're going through stuff that we don't even know. Everybody's going through something right now. Everybody is just on different levels.
1: Like people like my aunt who I've got a friend who's a nurse and she's, she's seeing horrific things, but now my aunt's got this preconceived notion that hospitals are lying. (laughs) And so my friend's struggles mean nothing because of the way my aunt has already looked into it. And to do what I do so gracefully talk sports and equate it back to sports arguments are the last round of a boxing match. They're not, the 12 round, the story, this guy has his punch. Then this guy, this guy's down, this guy's up. Every fight now is just ring, ring the bell, knockout, and it's over. It, there's, no, there's no discussion in the arguments anymore. So it just leads to more divisiveness.
0: Yeah. Well, conversations like this help. And conversations like you're yeah, having help. I was help. just going
1: to say this has actually made me feel worse.
0: Why did it make you feel worse?
1: <laughs> I was going to say it to be a, a jerk.
0: <laughs> but it didn't, though. No, it helped. Does it make Does it make you feel a little bit better? I really think that you could benefit from therapy, and I think it would be amazing. I know you're you don't you, the the microphone analogy you used earlier. How if you could do it with a microphone and broadcast it, but you feel like you're going there alone and you're more vulnerable? That's the point of therapy, is Bart? Is to, to strip you down to that vulnerable point where you're you have to look at the you have to hold up the mirror and look at the ugly to move forward and accept parts of yourself that you may not want to accept. And that's the way that therapy works for people. Self-accountability too.
1: I also, I have a, I do, I have a stigma against uh, mental health.
0: What is that? Well, if A, you're a man, so that's, you know, got that going for you. What's your stigma?
1: You know, like sometimes when you hear actors talk, I, I watch these guys, they give these interviews and they really they make it seem like what they're doing is more important than anybody else. Like they're the first one to ever act in the history of the world. Right. My, my, my process is I, I like to envelop the character and, and you're, you red lines, man, you're, you're red lines and you're dressed up. Right. You know, some people are better at it than others, but it's not like, it's not as important as you make it seem. And sometimes when I think people say, you know, we talk about our feelings and emotions. Sometimes I'm like, just just it's I don't know I feel like we it, it sometimes it doesn't seem sincere it seems like I'm just saying these things to sound better
0: meaning what because you're talking about i don't I don't understand where you're seen the stigmas coming from
1: sometimes i'm I'm thinking that people are
0: using it as an excuse
1: yeah like i am having a bad day, okay, but it's you know a lot of people have bad days Yeah. but the bad day is rooted because I can't be my true self or some of it just seems a little phony.
0: Well, I think some people can use it and, and abuse that like take for example, like I have my not my not dad who cheated on my not mom. And said that he had depression issues and a a drinking problem, which at the time as a mental health person, I was like, oh, that sucks. I hope you get help. I hope you stop drinking. You talk to a therapist. Yeah. And then two weeks later, he's drinking again and cheating on my mom again. And I'm like, now you're just using this as an excuse to deflect your shitty actions as a human being. When you're being a terrible person and you're using mental health as an excuse then you're making the stigma worse because then you're making people that genuinely have depression people that genuinely have bipolar disorder you're making it harder for them that are genuinely going through struggles when you're just an asshole, you know
1: you know i think i think that as we're talking here i think that we have a hard time with understanding things we can't see yeah which is fascinating to me because there's three things i'm thinking of off the top of my head god yeah. Uh, the virus and then mental health problems. Because if someone breaks their leg, good, 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 get good well cards and, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, you can see that.
1: You can see that. If someone's got mental health issues, you can't see that. This virus, people can't see it, so they don't quite understand where it is and how bad it is. And then God, it's like, so my aunt can't see the virus and doesn't believe in it yet she believes in god right anything for
0: right seeing very
1: weird what we choose to accept is what we what we can see and what we can't see and what's actually there yeah why do we accept god's there when we can't accept that anxiety's there
0: it's a fair point. Yeah, I felt because that because people have people have written books about God for years and he's ingrained in society and it's more accepted to talk about God. There's a movies about God. More wars and more people have been killed in the name of God and religion than anywhere else in history. I think that's a that's the only Difference really is religion. I think is is, has been around longer and accepted more and talked about more than mental health has. Mental health hasn't even been talked about. I mean, go back fifty years, and if you had anxiety, they'd lock you away. They'd they'd shock you. They'd put you in a padded room and write you off as useless to humanity. Now you can go to a therapist. You can have medication. You can talk yourself through therapy. People can understand what's going on. It's much more prevalent. I think even more so now with this pandemic, because pe- I, I see a lot more people talking about mental health with everything that's going on. I Maybe it's because I search for mental health things, kind of like you would see more sports things on your feed than I would probably. Maybe that's it. But I think it's talked about a lot more. I think the more people that have conversations like this, like you and I are having, the better it is for everybody. Because if anybody's still listening at this point now, what, 35 minutes in, they're vested in the conversation. Then maybe you shift somebody's mindset on that.
1: Why do people always say that at the end or, you know, in in podcast? What's that? If anyone's still listening. Oh, yeah, I do. You're insulting the person that is listening. Like, I'm still, (laughs) what, should I have gotten off? I'm liking this. I don't
0: understand because I've personally I can't listen to podcasts I can do them until the cows come home but it's really hard oh, no, for me to them. it's really hard for me to listen to a podcast that's why anytime I do one that's, do I can't do it and that's why I say it because anytime I hear one this long it's, it's, there's but somebody that's still
1: listening
0: we do yes I
1: don't listen when, to other people talk
0: no I don't no I mean I've listened to some
1: I don't listen to any sports radio why not why listen to something worse than me Riggs that's
0: the bart winkle right now (laughs) you need to be more be more like that in life more bold just don't give any fucks give you should i think i think you give too many fucks and I, I, i i hate to use that word too many times on a podcast but i think if you dialed back the amount of fucks that you give you'd be a lot happier
1: yeah i think i want to try to change too many people's minds
0: and you can't you can say your piece and then move on. If somebody keeps going, just let them go. Let them keep yelling at a wall because that's all they're doing, essentially. You're not going to change someone's mind.
1: But I really feel... You like might. That people are listening, uh, especially here, because I really do feel like of all the people in the world, I'm in mean, at least the top 5% of smartest.
0: <laughs> See?
1: <laughs> Why don't you I, like that's that? How I honestly feel
0: why aren't you like that all the time that that that, that attitude is great it's, it's, a, well, it's a confidence
1: like it the they call me an asshole
0: who cares you're smarter than them according to the statement you just made you're smarter than them so act as I if you're smarter that.
1: than I them I said the other day. yeah sure. it's, it's is it my, cocky? yes it's is, it's, if i'm smart enough to even have that thought that's proof right there that i'm one of the smartest people in the world
0: there you go did we just have a, are we having a breakthrough with you
1: the microphone thing was a breakthrough I never really expressed that before
0: well now you have yeah I'm $150 an hour by the way Venmo me please
1: (laughs) you know what I should pay you for this honestly
0: (laughs) no I really I hope that you give therapy a chance there's also virtual ones too there's like one called BetterHelp that's super good there's one called Talkspace they're all app based they're the the, the virtual ways of doing therapy. They're affordable too. They're like 60 bucks a session, which is cheap in the grand scheme of things. And they're running specials right now because of what's going on. So I would encourage you to look into that.
1: Uh, Let's just do a podcast once a year about my feelings and I'll start there.
0: Once a year? No, we'll do like once a once a month, maybe. I want to check on you more than that. All right, dude. All right. Is there anything else you need to get out your get off your chest? Any other questions or life things you wanted to ponder?
1: No, I've got a four-hour radio show to do the rest of my therapy every day.
0: <laughs> and then you have this, too.
1: Yeah. I appreciate your time.
0: No, I appreciate your time. I'm glad you reached out. If you ever need mental health advice, you know where to go. I'm the guy. Yeah. And if I need sports advice... Oh, I do need sports advice, by the way, from you. What? Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, is obviously huge right now. Mm -hmm. Jordan card values are shooting up through the roof. Should I hang on to and cherish my 87 and 88 Michael Jordan Fleer cards that are worth upwards of like $1,500 total between the three of them? Not to mention the other Jordan Olympic cards that I have and like the Jordan third-year All-Star MVP cards that I have. Should I just hold them and cherish them as memories? How did you get them? I collected them over the years. When I was like 14 years old, I was a Bulls fan in the 90s. I I went out to stores. I sought them out. I bought them. I collected them. I opened the packs. I hunted them down. I would take them out of the packs with rubber gloves on and then put them in plastic cases so they're all in mint condition.
1: I just went through all my cards. I got rid of a bunch. I kept the ones that mean something to me. I would say that when you look at what a card is worth, that's not what you're going to get for it. Like, What's well, only I, worth I, what somebody's
0: willing to pay for it?
1: Yeah, so I took my cards into a shop, named that card ninety second in Blue Mound. yeah, and what happens is you' like if the card's worth a hundred bucks for it to sell for it to get people to talk about it that it's got to go down to sixty, and then for it to sell, it's probably going to be forty five
0: So how much do you get for that card?
1: Well then he takes twenty percent thirty five bucks That sucks. So your $1,500 card, if you take it to a guy, if you try to find a guy to sell it, like maybe it, like you want to go to sell it on eBay, well, guess what? Guess what 900 people are selling right now?
0: Jordan cards.
1: Same stuff. So you're going to look for the best deal. I, you're not... I'd hang on to it.
0: I'm just going to keep them, yeah. I also have the Shaquille O'Neal trade-upper deck cards. Do you remember the trade-upper deck
1: cards? Uh, no.
0: Upper Deck did a promotion in the 90s where you would get a trade card in the, ma- in the in the pack. If you opened up and it had the trade card, you would mail in the trade card. They would stamp it and then send you back the trade card with the limited edition Shaquille O'Neal oh, rookie nice. card. So, you would ha- so I have like a, it's a three card set. I have the Shaquille O'Neal rookie card, the trade card that's stamped, and I have the Shaquille O'Neal limited edition rookie card that's also the, the trade card. It's like a three card set. Did you really?
1: Uh, I went to Walgreens before I went to Home Depot and sometimes they have like boxes of a hundred cards for five bucks. And so I buy them and I throw away the ones I don't want and I keep the ones that I like.
0: Oh, so many unwanted players are in the trash right now. So many. I know. I have a Dan Marley autographed card. Do you think that's worth anything? Dan Marley. Remember him?
1: Uh, if you watch The Last Dance, Michael Jordan kicked the shit out of him in a game. So it was nice. his
0: past. Oh yeah, it was the Phoenix Suns, the nineteen ninety three NBA Finals. Yeah, it was amazing.
1: Yeah, because the Bulls GM like Dan Marley, so Jordan said, "If he likes them, I'm gonna beat the shit out of them."
0: It's like what he did to Tony Kukoc at the Olympics. Same thing. Exactly. Uh huh. All right, well, that's all the advice I needed from you. I'm gonna sit on these Jordan cards then.
1: I mean, you can sell them, just know that you're not going if to. It, if it's worth $1,500, do not expect to get more than 500 and that might be too generous.
0: I know if I sold them, I would kick myself in the balls forever. I'd be like, damn, I wish I wouldn't have sold that. I should have just kept it. But then when I yeah. keep it, I'm like, why do I keep this? It's under my bed. I don't give a shit. I don't care Either about way, it. Either way,
1: you're going to die with the card or you're going to die with the money. What's more important? Money. Well, then sell it. <laughs> can hang on to it for.
0: You can buy drugs with money.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: See? Uh, go well go get your uh, your anxiety stuff refilled by the way too. Make that a priority. I did. No, I did that. Good. Good. I'm good. Good. Very good. All right. Bard Winkler, Winks Thinks on Twitter. 1057 FM The Fan in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Proc- self proclaimed left wing liberal.
1: <laughs> yep. God, I I look at Rachel Maddle every night and then take a cold shower.
0: All right. There you go.
1: God, she's so hot.
0: Well thank you, uh thank you for Being open about this. And anytime you want to talk about mental
1: health, holler at me. I love you, Riggs. I love you back, Bart. (laughs)